Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics with occasional injections of rumor and innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by pro-Trump Republican Stephanie Hitt, Democrat Dan Johnson, and anti-Trump Republican Chris Veronis, and in hour number two, we'll be hearing from a pro-Trump Republican, Brent Hamachek, Democrat, Mays Jackson, although he'll argue with that, I'm sure, and uh, anti-Trump Republican, David Cohen. So that is our program for this evening. We'll talk about some of the same issues in each hour, but again, nice to have you with us this evening. We've got another full hour of, of discussion with you, and uh, I want to begin by, obviously, the, the the big battle that is going on, President Trump uh, Trump uh, heading to uh, uh, Georgia yesterday to rally the troops. Uh, uh, some people are suggesting that uh, uh, the internal Republican problems in the state between the governor and the secretary of state and the president uh, may cause some uh, reduction in the necessary uh, votes uh, for the uh, runoff election there on January 5th. Uh, we'll talk about that as uh, our discussion unfolds, but uh, as uh, uh, I want to turn to you, Stephanie uh, Hit, you have uh, uh, you're the the strongest thing to a pro-Trump Republican we have uh, uh, probably on the program this evening. My question to you is, uh, wh- where are you at at the moment, given the controversy that the president has caused by continuing to look for ways to win the election when everyone or many many in the world, uh, except his followers, say that's not the case. Well, you know, I think I think that there is uh, that he should he does have an obligation to 72, 73 million people to make sure that there's no stone unturned. Um, But I, I do agree that, you know, that's that can be going on in the background. It shouldn't be the primary focus of what he is doing as his message. I feel like he needs to be spending the next six weeks to whatever, uh, talking about what he's done, um, putting the seal on all of his package, everything that he's done, he has an obligation to make sure that he makes sure those policies carry well into the next four years. And I feel like that's the greater obligation he has to us as his supporters. But, 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 but Stephanie, as a Republican, you say 73 million, he's, he's meeting a mission uh, to satisfy 73 million people. And we'll, we'll use that uh, figure for our discussion this evening. Um, are you one of those 73 million people? I, I wonder how many of the 73 million are, are so um, aggrieved uh, by what happened that they they want him to do what he's doing, and yet maybe there's there's could be 50 million people uh, Republicans who just as soon have him say farewell and take a bow and uh, prepare for 2024 if that's what he wants to do. Well, you know what? There's there have been polls out there that are showing anywhere between 70 and 80 percent of his supporters of people who voted do believe that something was fishy about this election we can go into details about what we think that might be mm-hmm. but um that there i would say there's a good 65 million i'm just going to say percentage wise of okay. people who really do believe that trump trump should have won this election who want to make sure that there's no way that someone could have gotten away with cheating in any form all right let's let's go to chris veronis 
who uh, is not one of those 65 million. He, he announced a long time ago he was not a, f- a fan of the president's. But again, he steadfastly says that he is a Republican and a con- conservative Republican. So, Chris, where do you come down on what the president is up to these days? Chris, I'm not hearing you. Uh, I'm not hearing you, but uh, speak louder and hopefully we will hear you. Uh, I, I, I am not getting any word as to whether or not you can be heard or not. So let me switch to Dan Johnson, who uh, is 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 gleeful of what the president is up to, I think, uh, <laughs> given the fact that you are a, 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 a liberal or a progressive Democrat, and you have been long before it was fashionable. So what's your response to what's happening in the country? Well, it must have been Hugo Chavez that knocked out Chris Veronis, right? They didn't want him to be heard. So yeah, there's could a be. secret internet conspiracy to silence the anti-Trump Republicans, right? That about has as yep. much veracity as the lies that the well, president is peddling. <laughs> and if it isn't such a clown show, then it the part it, it's both on the one hand hysterically funny how incompetent and idiotic the president and his lawyer Rudy Giuliani appear. On the other hand, it's disturbing that the president of the United States continues to lie blatantly to the American people, calling our democracy all sorts of fictitious names. And it is, in fact, scary that the president has asked Republican governors and legislators to break their oath to the Constitution and vote for him instead in these legislatures. Right, let's, let's go back to, let's go, let's go back and see if, Let's go back and see if we have reconnected with Chris Veronis. Chris, did you hear any of that? You're smiling, so uh, you heard something, I, I or did you're just happy, you're a happy guy. I, I did hear that, and Bruce, I have you to thank for uh, bringing Dan and I together. I mean, we're, we're brothers who love to fight, and now we can do yes. that. Right. Um, I, um, you, you'd mentioned earlier, I, 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 it's the wrong question, in my opinion, it is the wrong question to focus on, was there election fraud? The real question is, what's going to happen on January 21st? And that, to me, is the question. And that is what's motivating Donald Trump. Because we're talking about 72 million But Wait, but wait a minute, wait a minute, Chris. I'm going to give you a chance to, to, to elaborate on that. But I do believe that the question I asked is a valuable question now. I mean, if if 73 million people do not believe or believe that Donald Trump was somehow robbed of this election, what impact does that have on, on a large percentage yeah. of people, uh, many of whom are, uh, are Republicans, if they just think this has all, you know, uh, been crooked? First of all, I question the percentage. I don't know if I agree with Stephanie that it's 65 million. I, I think that's way too high. Number one, okay. number two. But let's, there let's was say it's the a good same number. outrage. Sixty, though. There, I, there was the same outrage, completely unfounded, by the hard left when Donald Trump won in 2016. They, 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 they were the same shenanigans, the same ridiculous scenarios about overturning electoral college votes. It went away. The one truism in political politics um, that applies here squarely is people forget. They move on. 
And I really believe at the end of the day, that's exactly what's going to happen. People are going to move on. They're going to find a new. They're going to find a new enemy. And and you know, um, Joe Biden is going to provide that. And it, and it happened. It happened with Bill Clinton uh, in 1994. It happened with Barack Obama in 2010. Um, and there's no reason why that can't happen again. Okay. Well, I know, want Stephanie. I to, Stephanie, we have to break for a commercial. Uh, when we come back, we're going to come back to you to, to pick up on some of those points. Uh, 1-800-723-8029 is the phone number. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks for joining us on December 6th, 2020. For some, news is about their opinions. We believe the news should give you the facts without bias, so you can form your own. We believe in news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America to give you the information you need. Everyone calls it the news, but we'll actually deliver on it. Seven nights a week in primetime. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. News Nation. It's your news, your nation. Your tween made you see. We are the boy. It's painful concert number three. We are the boy band. We're five and nineteen. We are the boy band. Always singing on key. You love your kids enough to take them to see their favorite uh, band. Love them enough to make sure they're buckled up in the back seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov/slash/the-right-seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Harrison's Reality Check. Now there's an easy way to monitor for coronavirus at home in a moment. Corona Alert. Stay proactive, but don't panic. The newness and rapid spread of COVID-19 can be scary and overwhelming. TV's good at sensationalizing the issue and playing into panic. We all now know what to do and what not to do to keep safe as we fight these times together as one human family. I'm Carrie Harrison. Harrison's Reality Check. GoHarrison.com. Fever is a leading symptom of the coronavirus, so take your temperature twice a day with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's quick and easy to use, and its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies. Have your family start and end their day with the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Your family can take their temperatures in seconds to know where they stand in the fight against COVID-19. Protect your family from the spread of this deadly disease and stay safe with Exergen. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It It was was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could Could I I have have EPI? EPI? Brought to you by AbbVie. 
Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Open Road Radio on WCGO Radio, 1590 AM and 95.9 FM. Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Beltway. Thank you very much for joining us. Stephanie Hitt, uh, who is our conservative Republican who lives in Evanston, Illinois, surrounded by no conservative Republicans. Uh, Stephanie, you were about to make a point before the break. Go ahead. And I think I think we could say there is a really big difference between um, those Hillary supporters who felt, you know, when Hillary lost and that there there were these arguments about, you know, the same kind of things, um, fraud, collusion, hacking, all of those kinds of things. But there I didn't seemed hear to much be about very... that. The only the only, th- well, the only thing I heard, let me just yeah. I, I don't agree with that assessment. I think okay. everything was the Russians, the Russians, the Russians. Right. Right okay. now, ha- okay, so right now we haven't heard anything about the Russians or the Chinese. No. Well, and from, what from I was going to say is there were a large number of Democrats who accepted Hillary's loss, so to speak, um, because there were some very, very good reasons why she lost. Um, so let's put away any of the, the, the election irregularities. But... Hillary was an unlikable uh, candidate, which they admitted to. She did not go to Wisconsin, which they admitted to. She ignored the advice of Bill Clinton. There were a lot of reasons. I want to just a second. I want to go to Dan. I want to go to Dan because he's a Democrat. I want want to try to be balanced here, although we're you know we're doing it by a Zoom. It's it's not as easy as being in the same room with each other. But Dan, uh, my recollection was there were some people who believed, as as Stephanie just said, they might have been they were supporters of Hillary Clinton, but a large number of people, including the hundreds of thousands of people that went to the streets within 24 hours uh, after his inauguration uh, and 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 throughout base of the campaign, wherever he went there was demonstrators i mean there was a lot of people that said donald trump is not my president and i think i don't know whether you were one of those but you would acknowledge that was not a small number of of people in the country that said donald trump is not my president and that had never really happened before if if trump supporters want to be disappointed and say i don't want to unify great but let's not sugarcoat the danger and the betrayal of the Constitution of what the what president is. The I don't care what about his support. Well, just, just a minute. The president what is the da- himself just a second, Dan, is Dan, asking. Dan, 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 let me ask you this question: If 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 it if many Americans felt the way about Donald Trump and refused to accept him as the president and went into the streets and there was demonstrations sometimes turned violent in the streets, if that if that didn't hurt democracy. Why are Republicans standing up and asking Donald Trump to go to courts? Why is that? A, why is that a destruction of democracy? I don't yeah. care about your lawsuits. You can go to one for forty-two. Everyone's got a right to contest any election. Okay. Where he crosses well, the that's line. That's what he's doing. That's what he's that's doing. We, he is. Chris Veronis. I want to bring Chris in. Lying. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Let, let's all. I, we can all concede. I, I, okay. I love, he's constantly I love, lying. I, I love how Dan is fishy about the I, election. I, that has been certified. And, and here's the thing that bothers me and should bother everyone, no question. Let's hear to it. To call on a governor to ignore the election results and say, I don't care about that. Give me the electoral votes anyway. I think that's wrong. What he is explicitly doing is appalling. 
I, I love how Dan cherry picks uh, certain facts that support his argument, but disregards disregards all the other facts, the tremendous amount of facts that are inconvenient to him. How is it a danger to, to democracy when you've got people standing up, the attorney general, the former head of cybersecurity, governors, uh, election officials across the judges? You said it yourself, one for 42. They're all standing up and saying, we disagree, Mr. President, you lost. That That is proof positive that despite how many times you've labeled Trump a fascist over the last four years, that the system works, that, 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 that the system survived, even a president like Donald Trump. That's irrelevant to the critique of the president's atrocious behavior. Pursuing when? all valid avenues is There's not nothing valid about telling the governor to call a special it's session. Not. There's nothing no. valid about yeah. that. Look. That's not constitutional. File as many lawsuits as you want. I, I applaud him. He should. No problem with Stephanie, that. Calling Stephanie, just, the governor just, just on that point, just on that point, just on that point. And, and folks, I, I know we're, we're doing this this way, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying the best to, <laughs> to get everybody to speak one at a time. So if you could wait until I call on you, and then if you see me go like this, I mean, wrap it up. <laughs> Stephanie, my question to you is, does Dan uh, have a, a valid point when he talks about the president asking governors to uh, to become involved by engaging the state legislature. Does that go beyond what you think is fair uh, treatment of uh, of the vote in that state? You know, I I think Dan mischaracterizes how he's asked how he asks governors and what he's doing. First of all, we all know that Trump has a certain level of rhetoric, and he's you know he will go out there and say, Hey, come on, guys, why don't you do this? And he speaks in these vague, open, general terms. It doesn't mean that he's necessarily demanding this. And there's nothing that he has done when he when push comes to shove and he actually goes through with action. He's doing it legally. He's going through okay. the courts. And there's no reason that governors can't themselves, <laughs> you know, look at what's going on in their states. Okay. Chris, to you. What impact does this have on the future of the Republican Party and other would-be presidents to get something going for 2024? Because it certainly looks like Donald Trump will try it again. I Look, I, I can't get past the fact that all this is, and we'll realize this in a few weeks, we'll realize this after inaugural, uh, the, the, uh, the inauguration, this is the, a death convulsion of a beached whale. That's all it is. And you've got a Republican Party that's petrified about losing the Senate and is walking on eggshells that that this whale will do one last deadly thing before it goes away. That's all this is. And um, you are seeing people um, drawing lines about what the Republican Party is going to look like. But um, this is all about how to get Trump out of the office while minimizing any any collateral damage that he could create. That's all do you, this is. Do you, do you expect the criticism to come from uh, other Republicans after the 5th of January? Is that when the venom flows? No, I, I don't. I, I don't. I think there's going to be a sorting out period. I, I think 
I, I think Trump is going to want to find a way to stay relevant. There's been talk about um, uh, paying to get into his rallies. You know, the, there's talk about mm-hmm. buying Newsmax or, or OAN or whatever. Yeah. But I, I think the one takeaway that's really important here is that all 15, those presidential candidates in 2016, um, when they dropped one by one, they all realized that they had horribly misread their party. Horribly. Yeah. And, and these are professionals right. who've been around for years. They right. don't want to repeat that. So I think there's going to be a sorting out period. I think there is going to be a, a coalescing of the opposition, just like you had in the past. And um, and Donald Trump will continue to fight to be relevant. How is the, uh, for you, Dan, uh, uh, how is uh, the Democratic Party and the progressive wing, which you are a very active member of, uh, how are you feeling your way right now? There's been a lot of criticism of some of these early appointments by Joe Biden. I mean, it doesn't seem to me that uh, many of them are willing to give the president-elect a, a honeymoon of any kind, at least politically. I think most people are really um, relieved that Biden won, but concerned that Chris's optimism that some a lot of Republicans are willing to stand up for truth, the rule of law, is that the fear is it hasn't penetrated through enough of the Republican Party. And I think on the Democratic side, we're like, great. Joe won, great. But we're worried about the next five weeks because the man has zero respect for the rule of law and we're and, and, and there's no limits placed on it. So that's what we're, well, what I think you, that's what are you the expecting? Other than, other than, other than, well, there's two issues. There's the issue of pardons, and there is the issue of some movement uh, uh, in foreign policy in a military matter. Which of those worries you the most? I mean, are you, are you fearful that he may pull troops out of Somalia and, and send them someplace else? Uh, not, to his credit, he um, has not been on the war side of the Republican Party. That was the real break. I think that really helped mm-hmm. him in 16. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's a lesson that Democrats have learned from. And I think that hurt Hillary in 16. So it's less that. It's more that, um, you know, he's the fact that we have to discuss how will he leave? How does he actually leave the Oval Office? This is not normal. That's not normal. And well, is that it, is, is it, but is, is, is it not normal by the Democrats? Is it not normal by the media? I mean, are, are, do, do you really fear that these troops that are coming home from around the world are going to surround the the White House on January 20th? I mean, I, I, I think there I, is no, what do you, no. What do you personally think is going to happen? Because your side of the aisle has, has, has come up with all kinds of suggestions as to what Donald Trump will do or won't do. He has said on the record that he's going to, he's going to, you know, leave on the 20th. He's still going to continue to battle uh, legally, but uh, I mean, I, I, I don't that. think that he's going to order gas guns around the, the White House. Yeah. Bruce, he hasn't conceded the election. Bruce, who cares? 25 Republicans the concession of the election means nothing. Are willing it to hasn't been nothing. Bruce, he has said at his rally, oh no, this isn't over. This is not over. 
We're still going to win. All we have to do is get Georgia to pull their electoral votes. To the end, the the Democrats are just so fearful of Donald Trump's words. We'll be back to continue our conversation. Don't go away. Opinions are everywhere when you watch the news. But what about your opinion? Why can't you just get the facts to decide for yourself? News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, a nightly newscast in primetime that doesn't tell you what to think. Seven nights a week, News Nation will deliver you news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. It's your news, your nation. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Ever get the feeling that a clean car just runs and drives better than a dirty car? That's because it's true. Evanston Car Wash has been serving the North Shore communities for over 60 years, helping hundreds of thousands of cars stay clean, preserve their value, and give you a nice, clean ride. Not only will Evanston Car Wash make your ride sparkle, but they use a soft cloth that doesn't risk damage to your vehicle's surface. A car is one of your major expenses, so don't trust it to just anyone with suds in a bucket. Treat it right by taking it to the Evanston car wash. Pick from a variety of car wash packages starting at just $8 and you can save even more money by joining their membership program. Evanston Car Wash is open every single day. That's seven days a week at 8 a.m. Located right there on Dempster Street just east of McCormick. For full details on custom wash and detail packages just Google Evanston's best car wash and Evanston Car Wash will pop right up. Evanston Car Wash the North Shore's number one car wash choice for over 60 years. Get on Santa's nice list with Albany's world's best ultimate eight flavor gummy bears. The gummy with the A on the tummy. Albany's world's best gummy bears are available at most major retailers. This is Danny Farrell, inviting you to join me right here on WCGO every Saturday evening starting at 8 p.m. for the original Big Band Showcase. I play the music of the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and some of the good big bands working today. And from time to time, I'll have interviews with the people who made the music so popular. So that's every Saturday evening, starting at 8 p.m., right here on WCGO, the original Big Band Showcase. Join me, won't you? What better way to celebrate the holiday season than with delicious chewy candy? Mamba Fruit Chews are a fruity candy guaranteed to keep you chewing and chewing. What are you waiting for? Get your chew on. Find Mamba at your nearest Walmart and Aldi. Chicago Smart Talk, AM 1590 and FM 95.9, the exclusive home for the Dave Ramsey Show in Chicago. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago where we are in mourning for the Chicago Bears again. They blew a big lead in the closing seconds against the Detroit Lions, who uh, finally beat them after 10 tries. But uh, it was a pretty, 
Pretty depressing day for Bear fans in Chicago and anywhere around the world. I want to take a moment now to let each of our guests introduce themselves, give a little background on who they are and what brings them to our Beyond the Beltway gathering every Sunday night. And let's begin with our Democrat, Dan Johnson. Dan? Hey, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Uh, father of four, uh, live up in Wilmette, local politician, progressive lobbyist, and uh, great to be here. I stand corrected. Last week on this program, when uh, uh, Georgia Logothites was introducing herself, I made the point that uh, uh, she was, when she first appeared on the program, she was single and is now a mother of three. And I think I said then that uh, you were also part of this uh, very productive team that shows up. Only I think I forget. I think you said three. I said three children last week, so I forgot. You have, yeah. you have now four. So <laughs> we should have the two of you on together some night. Uh, let's <laughs> talk. <laughs> But we'll talk about politics. Stephanie yeah. Hitz in Evanston, Illinois. Tell us more about yourself, Stephanie. Hey, I'm I'm a former reformed attorney. Uh, my first clerkship was with Rudy Giuliani many, many years ago. And um, I've been a uh, political activist since uh, 2000, delegate to conventions, etc. And uh, I'm fighting the lone fight here in Evanston. Although I just found out a neighbor voted for Trump. Found one other oh, wow. person. Okay, and they're still there. They they haven't burned the house down at all. Yeah, yeah, and okay, I have good. four children question, as well, so we could have a okay, four but, children club. But a question to you: um, uh, You worked with Rudy Giuliani. Uh, how do you respond to uh, the evolution of Rudy Giuliani's image over the last well thirty years? You know. Um, when I, when I got that clerkship, it was so exciting because he was the U S attorney in Manhattan. He was famous for being tough. I mean, he was probably the most respected. uh, And then when I was there, that's when he ran for mayor and won. Uh, and he, I living in New York city, how he cleaned up New York city, what he did. He was America's mayor, uh, in, you know, on nine 11. I mean, you, you probably, he was probably at his most beloved mm-hmm. sure. back then. And I think. Is Steve, he, is, is he still, but, but my question, a no. lot of people certainly know what you just said. Yeah. Um, but certainly the media was part of those, that adoring team back then. But uh, are you still proud of him? I mean, is he acting in a responsible way as far as you're concerned? You know, I think what a lot of people don't know is, I mean, he's an incredibly intelligent man, very hilarious, very funny, very sharp, very quick. Um, I would say um, in the last, really since he ran for president the last time around, he, I won't say he's a caricature of himself, but he's, he, he seems desperate desperate to be loved or something like that. I'm not sure what it is. But Recognized. He's, not, he's not the, uh, the um, beloved crime fighter knows where right and wrong is in the same way. I think, it, you know, he's, he's become a different person for sure. And I don't know if it had anything to do with his cancer scare or his, you know, his foray into national politics, but I think um, he's not done himself a great service. Okay. Uh, Chris Veronis, uh, you do not have any children that uh, I am aware of, and uh, let's tell more about yourself. <laughs> I, I can confirm that. Bruce. You can reveal that. Okay, that's good. Uh, I'm Chris Veronis. I'm the principal 
Well, of ESOP Communications Group, it is a public relations, public affairs group. I am an occasional blogger on Medium. Um, I am a homeless Republican. I live uh, on the north side of Chicago. I eat alone. But even though winter hasn't started yet, I feel spring coming. And it's not just because of the COVID vaccine. I, I think a new day is coming pretty soon for this party. Do you have a candidate uh, that uh, you would uh, root for in 2024 at this moment in time? I, I do, and I think that's Nikki Haley. But even before we get to Nikki Haley, I think the party's really got to do some soul searching um, because like everyone else, I was pretty astounded by the election results. And I think the party right now is on the cusp of trying to figure out what um, uh, Trump, uh, Trumpism without Trump looks like. I, I think that's what the party's sorting through. I think a lot of his ideas, um, unfortunately, I don't agree with them. I think they're here to stay, which is more in the vein of. But how um, does how does a Nikki Haley or any of, you know, ten other Josh Hawley and and. Ted Cruz and, and uh, uh, just a variety of Republicans. How do they keep a party together that will be provide enough red meat? No one is going to provide the, the, the level of red meat that Donald Trump provided. But they need yeah. to they need to have some issue that that riles up those that that are the red meat eaters. And and again, going to yeah. you know to the state of Texas. I mean, there were there were strong Democratic counties that Donald Trump won, I mean, Hispanic counties, and did very well in others. How do you, how do you keep them in the tent? I, I don't know, uh, to tell you the truth. And it's a great point. And I, I think there are a lot of Republicans who, Marco Rubio was one of them, Josh Hawley, that were trying to um, ascribe Trump's success, his relative success in the election, to um, policies when that's the furthest thing from the truth. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, yeah. Trump, Trump did not succeed on a policy agenda. Trump succeeded because he was Donald Trump, the showman. And I, I think what's troubling a now, lot of Republican just, would-be presidential candidates uh, is, is they know that they can't match him. Okay. I, Stephanie I actually, is shaking your head I as you speak. Disagree. Stephanie, I mean, yeah. it's funny. I think, Chris, you and I kind of get to the same end point, but for very different reasons. And I think it is I think it is the policies. And what I'm looking for is who's going to carry the mantle of those policies and those messages. There are a lot of people who liked what Donald Trump did, even though they didn't like his tweeting or they didn't like him. Uh, and uh, he did things that Republicans did, failed to do in the past. His inroads into the Hispanic community, his inroads into the black community, especially among black men, were unmatched by any Republican. And nobody can deny that. And I think what he did was he stirred the red meat. But there are people who who are getting that. And the point is, he had a message of 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 hope, of success, of personal responsibility, personal accountability, personal freedom that I think that. The Republican Party had failed to deliver in a while. Well, Stephanie, and I'll ask this for everybody, and I want to get Dan in the conversation as well. Stephanie, however, 
with with all of those things that you've just said, which I totally agree with, and they were they were positive issues for a lot of people, you know, 75, 76 million people. My question to you is, in this first chapter of his post-presidency, the one that's going on right now, although he doesn't acknowledge it yet, is he hurting the brand? Is he hurting the brand by by coming across to some people as a sore loser or a whiner? Now, that's those are not descriptions that I would put on it, but there's many in the media and many even Democrats that would. So my question is, how badly is he potentially hurting himself for the future by focusing on the things that he focuses on right now? Stephanie first. I think, I think he's hurting himself um, for the mo- more moderate Republicans, the people like Chris maybe, who who or my husband is another example of people who don't don't necessarily look at the man, but they look at, you know, the policies, they look at it compared to what's on the other side. But what what he has done is he's actually opened a window into doing things that Republicans haven't done before. Remember, Donald Trump is not a Republican. He is not synonymous with being Republican. Um, right. And I think people forget that sometimes. And if anything, I think that was the Democrats' biggest failure, because I think there was an opportunity greatly missed by Democrats early on in the Trump presidency, because he was willing to do business with anybody, not just Republicans. And they failed to do that because they hated him so much. But here's the thing. there He is a, a dynamic person. What he wins over in Republicans, a Republican like me, remember, he was my 17th choice. I was a Bush delegate. So I come mm-hmm. from a very different part of the party. But here's right. the thing. And now I'm a huge Trump fan because he was willing to fight. He was willing to fight against the media, which has always been anti-Republican. Uh, okay. It's not just let me, against let me, Trump. Let me, let me, let me they just, went against let me Romney. Just, they okay, went against second. McCain. Let me, let me, let me jump in. for de- Steph- Stephanie, hold it. Go back. Dan, I want to bring Jan Johnson because he is the Democrat, and I want to just—I uh, want you to take a moment to step back. Are you surprised at the number of votes that he he received over 10 million more votes in 20 than he did in 2016? Does that surprise you? Yeah, it did. Uh, it, it was. Did it in, depress in that you? Sense, the election was closer than it looked because. You know, in the three states, there wasn't that big a margin in Arizona, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. You know, and just, you know, the country, you know, eight to seven, basically, the popular vote. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't a blowout. And it did surprise me that, you know, the record of gross incompetence with the pandemic, the blatant corruption, the clear lying, so many people said, eh, that's okay. I was, in fact, surprised by that. Okay, when we come back, I promise we're going to go to Chris Veronis. 1-800-723-8029 from coast to coast and border to border. I'm Bruce Dumont. Nice to have you with us here live from Chicago and on Zoom around the world.
You should form your own opinions when you're presented facts without bias. That's what we call news. Every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, news has a new primetime home. News Nation. Without all the talk and without an opinion, so you can make yours. It's not how it used to be. It's how it should be. News Nation. Seven nights a week on WGN America. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. Because it's your news, your nation. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom! Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Harrison's Reality Check. Now there's an easy way to monitor for coronavirus at home in a moment. Corona Alert. We're all wondering about grabbing that bag of frozen vegetables in the grocery store freezer. Well, because of the poor survivability of live concentrations of coronaviruses on surfaces, there's a very low risk of spread from food products or packaging shipped over a period of days or weeks than stored at ambient, refrigerated, or frozen temperatures. Harrison's Reality Check. GoHarrison.com. Fever is a leading symptom of the coronavirus, so take your temperature twice a day with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's quick and easy to use, and its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies. Have your family start and end their day with the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Your family can take their temperatures in seconds to know where they stand in the fight against COVID-19. Protect your family from the spread of this deadly disease and stay safe with Exergen. Thinking of trying a plant-based diet? Finding yourself a tad veg curious? Then join me, Elizabeth Alfano, for Plant-Based Life and Style. Plant-based doctors, celebs, CEOs, and athletes join me to dish on food, health tips, recipes, style, news, and more. So tune in every week with me, Elizabeth Alfano, to rock your plant-based life and style. Sundays starting at 3 o'clock Central, only on Smart Talk. The Mini Maglite Pro Plus LED is a compact, powerful flashlight. It has power management with two operating modes and high-lumen output with precision optics. Fits in a pocket, purse, glove box, or workshop drawer. Maglite flashlights are manufactured in the USA. Go to maglite.com and use code MAG15 for 15% off. It's JT and Leanne. Join us for Heart and Home with Exit Realty. Local listings, market conditions, and opportunity. Sunday afternoons at 4 on Chicago Smart Talk. Bruce Dumont back. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, uh, Chris Veronis, I said we would uh, serve it up to you, so uh, you were nodding your head uh, to many of the things that were said in the last five minutes, so... uh, Take it over. Swing, um, hit it out of the park. I will. The, there were no doubt policy wins during the Trump years and policy wins that were important to his supporters. Um, I like criminal justice reform. I was pretty impressed that a guy who had moved the American embassy to Jerusalem. And I just if you remember that, this was like a small thing relative to everything mm-hmm. else. Just the the uproar behind that 
and, and then to find that we end with these Abraham Accords, these Middle Eastern states having peace mm-hmm. issues with Israel, incredible. Yeah. That's that. That's a Donald Trump win. But, you know, the Donald Trump presidency will not be remembered for policy wins. Um, it's and, and the support he got was basically a primal scream. People got left behind the J.D. Vance vote, the hillbilly elegy. It was a big part of it also was owning the libs. That is what animated Donald Trump, period. And the point I was trying to make earlier is I think it's folly for some Republican leaders to think that they could reproduce Trumpism on policy grounds. That is a mistake. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to be Donald Trump. And there's only one person who could be that. And it's it's the guy who's going to leave office on January 20th. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dan, do you agree with that? But again, Trumpism is not going to stick around without Trump, and that's why that's why he he wants to run again. And I'm I'm told that he does well, and I, is likely yeah, to I do so. Yeah, I think he said he's going to you know announce for re-election, uh, and I certainly hope that um, Republicans clean his clock if he runs again. And you know Ooh. the guy has been a bully. <laughs> Yeah, right. He has been. Um, and the Republicans used some, to be. Some would describe that as strong because some people would say that Lyndon Jane Baines Johnson was a bully, too. It's just it's the style of, of the man and the style of his leadership. Well, you, we can say that we could say like, oh, his rhetoric, he doesn't mean it. Right. He didn't mean to, you know, trade quid pro quo with other countries. He's just talking. Right. And if he's not the president, he'd be put in jail for stuff like that. That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And I think. Um, it's, I hope there is a purge in the Republican party and I hope leaders like to their credit, Dan would love to lead it. You know, have stood up and said like, you sound bananas, Mr. President, what you're talking about, you sound bananas. The election's over. It's been certified except reality. Those are the voices that I hope win the primary so we can have a battle of ideas based on truth and respect for our constitution. Stephanie, let me ask you this question, okay? Yeah. Uh, We've talked about the people who Donald Trump brought to the tent. Growing up in the last five, six years in Evanston, Illinois, which is suburbia, suburban women personified, and others within your social sphere, would you say, would you be willing to say that Donald Trump lost the election specifically because of his inability to attract suburban women? Was that the big negative for re-election? I think it's going it's going to be a little more specific than that. It's not just his demeanor and attitude. That's part of it. I think it was the issue um, on abortion. I'm going to just lay it out there that there is a huge number of suburban women that are probably were, would be Republican voters if it was a pro-choice Republican or even a tampered down right to life uh, position. And um, I will, I've, I've gone on record a few times on this. I think hands down, you are now seeing Republican suburban women who have now convinced themselves that even if they're pro-life, they don't want abortion to go away. And for that very reason, they are willing to vote 
even if it's against their economic or future financial or tax interests, they're willing to vote on that issue and that issue alone. Look into the crystal ball, uh, Chris Veronis. What's going to happen on January 20th? Give, paint your picture of what's going to happen on that day. I think it's going to be really difficult for Donald Trump to be in that DS. Um, it's yeah. one question about whether Joe Biden um, and team would like him there. I, I, I just think it's pretty close to impossible that he will be standing off to the side of Joe Biden, number one. Number two, I think out of pure spite, he could announce that he's running for president in 2024. He announced he was running for president in 2020 on Inauguration Day, um, January 20th, 2017. Um, I, I think, look, Trump's got big problems when he leaves the presidency. Um, $400 million in debt due to Deutsche Bank. Uh, he's got the uh, Attorney General of New York coming after him, the U.S. Attorney of the Southern District. Um, there's a sexual assault lawsuit that the Supreme, so Supreme Court said could move forward. Um, you're not going to have these ambassadors staying at the Trump Hotel anymore. So he's got some big problems. And, I, and it, this all goes back to what I said earlier, which is, in, I, I'm sure in Trump's mind, in a cognitive dissonance kind of way, he thinks that there's fraud. Far okay. more important to him is, how do I monetize these 72 okay. million Okay, quick votes? question. We've we got 30 seconds left. Dan Johnson, do you think it's going to be, is he going to be in the picture, literally in the picture, uh, when Joe Biden takes uh, oath of office? Yes or no? I think it would be um, such bad form and so petulant. So, of course, he will. And it's an embarrassment right. to our Steve, country. Uh, Stephanie, a quick answer to you, then we're leaving. I think at the end of the day, he will do the right thing and he will be there and he will show that he can be a very gracious man. I'm Bruce Dumont. That's the end of our number one. Thanks to all of our great guests. We'll be back for another full hour with more guests. Don't go away. For some, news is about their opinions. We believe the news should give you the facts without bias, so you can form your own. We believe in news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America to give you the information you need. Everyone calls it the news, but we'll actually deliver on it. Seven nights a week in primetime. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. News Nation. It's your news, your nation. Jill, why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Matt always knew he wanted to be a doctor. That's why he makes the most of every day. To study before breakfast. To work hard. 
to do whatever was necessary to achieve his goal. He found an answer in the military. If you have a passion, a vision for your future in any field, todaysmilitary.com can be your path to a fulfilling career. You have a calling, we have an answer. Find your way at todaysmilitary.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central on Chicago's Smart Talk. Bruce Dumont back for hour number two of Beyond the Beltway. Thank you very much for joining us. We have uh, three new guests to share their thoughts and opinions. Uh, Mays Jackson joins us. He is a veteran broadcaster from Chicago. He's got his own internet uh, radio and TV show going on, and uh, we'll hear from Mays in a moment. Uh, David Cohn is a moderate uh, Republican, I'd say a never-Trumper. He spent many years with the uh, in the civic uh, world with the uh, uh, Civic Club, and also uh, the Urban, uh, Urban Club, rather. Uh, and also, uh, Brent Hamachuk joins us. He is with Human Events, uh, one of the legendary uh, periodicals in conservative politics, and uh, also uh, we also a big Trump supporter. So we thank you all. Uh, I want to I want to begin by picking up a little bit on uh, uh, what we did in the last hour, but I want to change it a little bit, and I want to talk to you, uh, David, and uh, get 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 your sense as to whether or not the the transition insofar as the average person on the street. Is it going okay for them as, as long as the, uh, the vaccine is working its way uh, to uh, you know, public distribution? Is that the main thing that the average person really cares about right now, or is it, or is it the issue of the, uh, the veracity of the election? I, re- I really do think, Bruce, that the vast majority of Americans, no matter what their political leanings are, um, have basically had it up to here and beyond with the political process um, leading up to the election. And now uh, the vast majority of Americans understand what the results of the election are, uh, and they're mm-hmm. waiting 
for the transition to occur. I don't think they're paying as much attention to it as political junkies uh, like us, uh, if I can uh, assume that inclusivity. I think I think people, uh, if you ask nine out of ten people on the street, uh, are you concerned about the uh, integrity of the election that we just had? Do you think that the election was fair and conducted uh, correctly? Most people would say yes, uh, unless they happen to be among those majority of Republicans who, for some reason, uh, for reasons which I can't comprehend, think that there's something amiss about uh, the elections that we just went through. Mace Jackson, uh, what are the African-Americans that you know and and deal with on a daily basis, uh, as well as the broader community of your friendship, uh, what are they saying about uh, about what's going on now? Are they are they worried about the the fraud, or are they more interested in getting on with their day and worrying about their their COVID test? I do not think that anyone is really worried about the fraud. I think in my community, plenty of people are rejoicing that Donald Trump is gone. However, I think the the prevailing conversation now in the black community is what's next. Uh, we de- we believe that we delivered this election to. Uh, Joe Biden, and yet we do not see that see that reflected in his cabinet choices or what he says he's planning on doing in the first 100 days. And so I think mm-hmm. there's a heavy level of skepticism. And then when it comes to uh, the COVID 19, 20, and 21, as I like to call it, um, mm-hmm. uh, there is the concern about the vaccine. Not so much that it's going to be, but can we really trust that vaccine? Uh, there is a tremendous amount of trepidation in our community mm-hmm. uh, with the concept of this vaccine and it being put out so fast, especially with our not so uh, far distant memory of things that happen like the Tuskegee experiment. Okay. Uh, we'll, I want to follow up on a couple of those points as the program unfolds, but uh, Brent Hemacek, thanks very much, Brent. Uh, you are, uh, you're the, you're the official card carrying Republican, at least the Trump card carrying Republican. Uh, Trump, right. Re- Trump supporter. Your, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your reaction to, um, your reaction to the reaction of many of his followers? Well, a few different things. First of all, uh, I think that uh, I'm, I'm getting sort of numb with the mainstream media as a rehearsed talking point in every interview and every new newscast saying baseless claims of election fraud, despite no evidence. These are uh, words they use uh, now reflexively to lead into whatever the topic happens to be. The truth of the matter is there are, there, there is, excuse me, a tremendous amount of actual evidence of election fraud. There's four criteria of evidence in a criminal proceeding. We've got all types represented. Uh, so there's lots of evidence. I don't think it's going to overturn the election. Has any, has any, has any judge um, confirmed that? to a level of satisfaction to you? Well, I wouldn't, I, the question is asked, I wouldn't answer it. It's not about a level of satisfaction to me. We've had, we have court cases still moving through the process. <clears throat> so uh, that that's clearly an indication that uh, there is of some merit, but it's not the point because the point is that despite the fact that there is, there is objectively, it is a factual statement there is evidence of election fraud. It's not likely going to do anything to reverse the election uh, from the simple point of view that there's just not enough time. The complexity of the legal cases that will have to be brought over time, 
simply can't be put together in this short a period. So America is looking squarely at a Joe Biden presidency, a Joe Biden uh, uh, Kamala Harris presidency. And they are looking squarely at uh, the next four years under an administration that is going to embrace the form of socialism that weds big business and big government together for the purpose of national planning. And most of the people that voted for Joe Biden don't actually know that. Because most right. voters stand by, stand by, stand by for a second, Brent. I want to go. I want to go back to David Cohn because David is there, and I, I want to underscore: you're 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 a never Trumper. Uh, you'd like him to go away. We'll talk about whether he will or not. Not likely, at least based on the conversation in hour number one. But um, does does Donald Trump have a uh, an issue that he can rightfully ride to perhaps a re? Uh, a rerun in 2024 that is based on voter fraud and intimidation, things that, that Republicans have talked about for many years, since 1960, since John Kennedy's narrow victory over Richard Nixon. That has been part of a Republican mantra. It's never been raised to the level that it is now, either during the campaign or certainly post-campaign. Does that issue deserve the type of follow-through, even though Donald Trump is not going to be president? Could he be making a valuable contribution to the future of elections in this country by pushing this to to more uh, more effective legislation throughout the 50 states? Well, he, he could do that, but that's not his intent <clears throat> or, or his objective. His objective is to try and cast doubt with uh, with all due respect to my my, my friend Brent, uh, uh, so-called evidence that courts across the nation have rejected, including Trump appointed senior federal judges laughing these these cases out of court. The Republican Party, among other things, used to stand for the rule of law and it used to stand for due process. And here you have the president's not making an argument that there are areas of our election machinery that need to be addressed and corrected and that where fraud could occur. He's not making a subtle argument. He's making a blanket statement. This was rigged. I was robbed. You were robbed. You are victims. This is destructive of the democratic process. It is destructive of the republic that the Republican Party once stood to defend. It is absolutely shameful. It's shameful. There is no legal path. We've got to pause. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. We'll hear more from everybody in a moment. For some, news is about their opinions. We believe the news should give you the facts without bias, so you can form your own. We believe in news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America to give you the information you need. Everyone calls it the news, but we'll actually deliver on it. Seven nights a week in primetime. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. News Nation. It's your news, your nation. Your tween made you see. We are the boy. It's painful concert number three. We are the boy band. We're five and nineteen. We are the boy band. Always singing on key. You love your kids enough to take them to see their favorite uh, band. Love them enough to make sure they're buckled up in the back seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov/the-right-seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 
Fever is a leading symptom of the coronavirus, so take your temperature twice a day with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's quick and easy to use, and its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies. Have your family start and end their day with the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Your family can take their temperatures in seconds to know where they stand in the fight against COVID-19. Protect your family from the spread of this deadly disease and stay safe with Exergen. Am I? First Response knows this is one of the most important questions a woman will ever ask herself. Am I sure it's the right time? Am I starting the next chapter? Am I about to be called mommy? Am I pregnant? Trust First Response to give you a clear and reliable answer with over 99% accuracy from the day of your missed period. Based on more than 99% accuracy in detecting the pregnancy hormone on day of missed period, America's most trusted pregnancy test brand based on the 2020 BrandSpark American Trust Study, First Response is the answer. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for the perfect present? Then head to the perfect place. Stop by your neighborhood Ace and find the best gifts from brands like Steel, Eagle, and Milwaukee, or Traeger, Weber, and Yeti. And to help make sure your gifts are under your tree on time, you can shop in-store, online, or on the Ace app. Pick up in-store, curbside, or get them delivered. Get amazing deals on the best gifts when you wrap it in red at Ace at participating stores. Listening to this Allstate commercial about savings might be the hardest thing about getting those savings. Save for simply becoming an Allstate customer. Save more for adding DriveWise. And save even more for driving safely. Visit Allstate.com or contact your local agent for a quote today. Allstate. Minimum effort. Maximum reward. Not available in every state. New customer savings based on early signing discount. DriveWise is an optional feature. Savings vary based on how you buy. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Northbrook, Illinois. You're listening to Smart Talk on AM 1590, 95.9 FM, the Smart Talk app, and WCGORadio.com. Bruce Dumont back. We continue with Beyond the Beltway from Chicago and all points east and west and north and south. And uh, just a quick point. Uh, last week on this program, uh, I mentioned that I had uh, the COVID-19 and I was in quarantine, which is why we did the program. We uh, did it last week and uh, we're doing it again this week. Uh, not so much because of COVID, just because of the convenience that uh, it provides. But I do want to mention that uh, I got the antibody test. It was positive. So the antibody is hopefully protecting me from the future. And uh, I'm, uh, I've got the green light to go and uh, I'm out of quarantine and I'm back and I feel good. I haven't actually really felt very bad uh, this whole last couple of weeks. But again, that's my uh, COVID-19 report. Uh, I'm alive and well and uh, enjoying my conversation with our guests this evening. Uh, Bruce, Bezos, I want to go back the, to uh, at the yes, go ahead, Dave. Have you have you con- are you considering perhaps donating plasma since you have the antibodies now? Uh, you know, no one's asked that. I will I will think about that. That that I have done I've done that in the past, and I may do it in the future. But thank you for asking. Maybe I'll do it live on the air. I'll give my blood. <laughs> I'll give my blood live on the air. Uh, Maze Jackson, I'm going to go back to you because uh, one of the concerns that that certainly has been discussed at the national level is in the early days of uh, the COVID uh, pandemic uh, or plague, uh, it became apparent that African-Americans were um, were behind the eight ball on uh, some of their protection, some of their the whole 
process, the percentage of African Americans uh, getting uh, COVID-19 was was higher than than usual. And uh, what followed is a discussion that you referenced is that many in the African American community uh, are not really wild or excited about this vaccine. Some of them may vehemently oppose it. So I'm wondering if you can give us a little more history because I'm sure there's lots of people listening to the program this evening that would say if if there's a limited amount of, of vaccine that's available, why are we trying to force it on people that really don't want it? Reaction. So I have a couple uh, points there, and thank you, Bruce. Uh, first, let's start with uh, the, the response when we found out that black people were dying at a disproportionate rate. There was no... <clears throat> There was no immediate action. There was no emergency action taken by the federal government or the state government, as a matter of fact, to address the death, except to say we would get more testing. Uh, so I, I think in our community, there's an there's a concern that you watched us die at alarming rates when it happened. And now that there is this vaccine that's gone through this rapid testing uh, or gone through this rapid approval process, should we really trust it? Uh, And the thing that I think people don't recognize is that there's been a history in this country of uh, people. I don't like to use people of color, but it's gone back to the Indians when they were given the blankets with smallpox uh, to the Tuskegee experiment where uh, black men were told that they were giving a cure, but they were being injected with syphilis to be experimented on. I think that that resonates back in the back of minds of black people. Uh, and then when we think about the response to the HIV and AIDS crisis and how it dis- disproportionately impacted the black community, we never saw the government rushing to push it to our neighborhoods. Uh, and I would say that people who are saying that, why is our community, why are we rushing to give it to our community? I don't know if that's a big fight right now, because I, I will tell you that if on my morning show, uh, nobody that I know except for first responders say that they plan to get that, get that drug until they see how it affects other people. Uh, and, I, and I don't think that they should, anyone should be forced to have to do it. Uh, let's go to Brent uh, Hemacek. Brent, uh, uh, how do you feel about the way in which it has been announced that this vaccine is going to be distributed? Uh, do you have any problem with the current uh, plan? Well, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, look, I think it's interesting that the CDC recommends that first uh, <clears throat> care workers get it, which seems to make some good, perfect sense. That seems reasonable. And next, we're going to give it to really old people. Now, I'm puzzled. So uh, we, we have these kinds of decisions being offered by a group of people who, in general, uh, represented by uh, Mr. Emanuel so well, who talks about how meaningful life uh, ends at the age of 75. Bruce, you're proving that wrong. Um, but we're going to give it to the elderly instead of to the people who should be uh, willing, able, comfortable to get back to work. Uh, to be able to um, get things produced for the country, to get the country going again. We have a way to protect the elderly uh, if they are, I mean, you just went through it and here you are. Uh, I know some elderly people who've had it, including a lady who's 96 years old and wasn't even treated, Mm -hmm. and she's just fine. Uh, But regardless, the anecdotal stories don't matter. It does not seem to me to make a lot of sense that we would take a class of people who could be protected if they choose to be simply by being able to be isolated a bit 
and not focus first on the people that need to put America back to work again. So wanna, uh, not my decision to make, but it, it's a bit puzzling to me. I want to go to David Cohn. Dave, uh, how do you weigh in on this? Is this is this the right priority that uh, you have heard and read about from the federal government at the moment? Well, let me, just by way of background, and to lay all my cards on the table, I worked for a member of Congress who oversaw funding for the NIH and HHS and CDC and the, the scientific institutions that we're turning mm -hmm. to for guidance and for assistance during this crisis. I have great faith in science. <clears throat> I don't think that scientists are perfect, but I think that their judgment, particularly when it comes to epidemiology, and I had the great privilege of actually interacting with Dr. Fauci, these people understand the way that disease transmission occurs and they've studied it and we ought to be listening to their guidance. Um, in terms of the exact mitigation strategies, uh, I think that the inoculation schedule should uh, proceed in a, in a logical way. And we cannot, I don't think one of the things, one of the conversations I think we have to have is we obviously want to protect vulnerable populations and first responders and obvious groups of people. But, you know, I don't think we should get into a sort of an economics versus the value of human life type discussion because, um, you know. But, isn't, but, but, but hasn't that decision, Dave, hasn't that already been made? Because when you're when you're basically saying we're going to ha we're going to go, first of all, to everyone who, who works in a nursing home. I don't object to that at all. That that sounds smart to me. But I'm, I'm concerned about the second piece. I'm not so sure that the second priority should be men and women of my generation who happen to be in nursing homes. Because in many cases, they are being treated, they can be treated, and in many cases, uh, they are most susceptible, I understand that. But there might be a 45-year-old restaurant worker who has a family or a bus driver, or or someone who isn't considered, you know, maybe an essential worker, or certainly a, a first responder, and frankly, they need this vaccine, and they may need this vaccine more than than someone who's, you know, 89 years old and is been in a nursing home for 10 years. Sure. Does anybody? And, and does anybody? Should, and by the way, this is a horrible thing to say because you are picking one over the other. And what I'm just saying is that by coming up with uh, this policy, I mean, there, there is a little politics in, in all of these discussions. Uh, Mace Jackson. Bruce, I think the other thing, and, and, and I'm going to push back just a little bit on David. Uh, I think that right now we're practicing when you tell us to trust these epidemiologists and trust these uh, doctors and scientists. I think they're practicing what uh, one of my co-hosts, Ruthie Moore, calls kind of science. Uh, when they're telling us that it's the worst time ever and that we're going to lose lives, but we're being pushed back into um, going back to schools. When we see that they're trying to save restaurants and trying to save businesses, there seems to be some incongruency between the messaging of trying to save the economy. We've got the mayor pointing our finger, telling us to stay home mm -hmm. at the same time, telling us to come out and go shopping. And so I think there's a lot of mixed messaging. And when you think about the convolution of all of that, people are starting to be confused and say, who really is telling me the truth? Who do I mm -hmm. trust? Uh, first, they told us to go to Chinatown because it was safe. And then they told us not to go. So I just think well, that there's a lot amazing. that goes into that. 
I, I, I don't disagree with anything you just said, except that you're mixing in a lot of different issues there that I don't think belong in the same discussion. There's a big difference between uh, restrictions that could be imposed by a mayor or a state legislature or a governor using executive authority versus a CDC guidance on how we're going to roll out a vaccine nationally. The CDC isn't making decisions about economic activity. Uh, you know, they're issuing guidelines. We're talking here about issuing guidelines for how a vaccine is going to be distributed. But I agree with you. There has been confusion. And one of the reasons is we have not had coherent national federal guidance. We've had a series of responses by the states that have run the gamut from the very well organized and very effective to the dismally uh, failing. So that's one of the problems we've had. And that's good. That's going to continue to go on. And this is this is where when you say that, that there's a lot of, of this that is political, because, I mean, the federal government is basically we're sending this out to, uh, you know, to every state and, and six or seven other municipalities. We're sending them out. And basically what they're doing is they're they're handling this as an issue and they're handling it to governors. And Brent Hamachek, let me ask you, we live in a state and, and many people listening to this program this evening live in states where uh, there are uh, uh, Democratic governors. This this could be a ticking time bomb for Democratic governors that have to decide within their state Who's going to who's going to be covered and who's not going to be covered? Because many of their core constituencies are going to be at odds with each other. Right. That, well, that's my question to you. Unfortunately, I unfortunately I asked a very good question when we're going to the break. So you heard the discussion. When we come back, you got three minutes to think about it, and we'll hear from everybody else. I'm Bruce Dumont, 1-800-723-8029, from coast to coast and border to border. How do you feel about the priorities uh, set at the moment uh, for the distribution? of the vaccine and are you willing to take it 1-800-723-8289 i'm bruce dumont opinions are everywhere when you watch the news but what about your opinion why can't you just get the facts to decide for yourself News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, a nightly newscast in primetime that doesn't tell you what to think. Seven nights a week, News Nation will deliver you news, not talk, facts, not opinions. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. It's your news, your nation. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hey guys, it's Clyde. Listen, I want to talk to you very frankly about the increasing civil unrest we're seeing these days. You know, you can't turn on the news without hearing about more riots, violence, looting, killings, lawlessness, and mayhem. We also have to be concerned about power outages, epidemics, and quarantines, along with natural disasters that break supply chains and cut off store access. Sadly, I think the worst is yet to come, and the crescendo will be quite painful. However, I want to focus your attention on what you can do to survive. Priority one, in times like these, you have to make sure that you have enough food to eat. If and when 
when the system falls apart. If you know me, you know I fully endorse my Patriot Supply. They're the only source I personally use and trust to get through these tough times ahead. You should too. Right now, you can save $100 off a four-week emergency food supply of delicious, nutritious meals the whole family will love. Go to preparewithgroundzero.com. That's preparewithgroundzero.com to get your food kits today. The future is uncertain. And I urge you to prepare by going to preparewithgroundzero.com and get ready now. That's preparewithgroundzero.com. Ancientlifeoil.com. That's ancientlifeoil.com. Are you stressed? I mean, who isn't? Anxiety creeping in? No, not that. Is sleep hard to attain because your brain just won't slow down? We're living in crazy times, and the fear knob has been turned up. Okay, there's an answer. Take a big breath, exhale, and go log on to ancientlifeoil.com. CBD, broad and full spectrum, organic and non-GMO CBD for you to enjoy. Change your tune from fear to calm, from brain overload to clear thinking. 0.003 THC on full spectrum and 0% THC on broad spectrum. Competitive pricing with the best quality. Also know everything is going to get better. No worries. Be happy. CBD can help calm so your nerves don't think they're a six-string electric guitar. Enjoy life, smile, and log on to ancientlifeoil.com for great CBD. That's ancientlifeoil.com. You'll be glad you did. Mike Jackson Outdoors, Sunday mornings, 8 to 9 a.m. on Smart Talk, WCGO AM and FM. Rooster Mont back on Beyond the Beltway, wherever you're listening from coast to coast and border to border. Nice to have you with us. If you're listening or you're watching this program on uh, on Facebook or on YouTube, uh, as we go to our breaks each week, we show uh, some uh, beautiful shots from uh, the the locations of our affiliates from coast to coast. And if you ever if you can ever identify uh, what they are. Uh, send me a little note or just go on Facebook and send me a, a message post as to whether or not you can identify where these uh, some of these great, beautiful locations are. I mean, there's no reward in it. You have to do this just because it's something to do, but something to do. Let's take a moment, something that we do here every week. We let each of our guests uh, describe and introduce themselves, and I'm going to begin with David Cohen. Because in my introduction to you, I totally screwed up where you used to work. So I'm going to let you correct the record and uh, tell us a little bit more about you, David. Well, thanks, Bruce. And and good evening, everyone. Great to be part of tonight's discussion. Uh, I'm a Chicago area kid and a a veteran of uh, media and government work uh, in Illinois. I worked for many years for a member of Congress from Illinois, uh, John Porter, represented the 10th district, uh, big district immediately north of the city. Uh, was with him for about 15 years. I subsequently was director of communications for Illinois Lieutenant Governor Corinne Wood. So worked for a couple of moderate Republicans. They're largely extinct now. You can occasionally see them on display in museums. But other than that, John Kasich, John Kasich on CNN, um, uh, who some of the Democratic Party was argue, would argue okay. perhaps isn't so moderate. But anyways, so that was my political background. But I was a radio talk show host and a reporter. Okay. Um, and okay. worked at the Union League Club uh, for 16 All right. years. And let's go to Brent Hamachuk, who will give us a, a brief description of your background. So, by the way, first of all, Merry Christmas to all your listeners. Merry Christmas uh, to you. And viewers. Uh, but I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I'm the director of uh, content and operations for Human Events News. I work with Jeff Webb, who is the founder of Our City Brands and is now stepping into the world of 
political policy and ideas. So I get to work with him. I've had the great privilege to do a lot of work in the past with Charlie Kirk, who I think is the brightest and boldest and bravest voice in American politics today. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm just I'm just a lucky guy here. Right, and also we should mention that uh, uh, Charlie Kirk uh, was a was a, a frequent guest on Beyond the Beltway many years ago when he was, I think, still in high school, and uh, he now is a talk show host in addition to the other things that he's doing uh, for Turning Point USA, but he's uh, on in the afternoons on WIND uh, in Chicago uh, and again on the uh, Salem Radio Network. Uh, Mays Jackson, you have a, a distinguished uh, record, and I want you to tell everybody about it and uh, what you're up to. Uh, you know what? I'll start with it's. I'll keep it simple. Uh, I am the host <laughs> of the Maze Jackson Show on the What's in It for the Black People Media Network. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Uh, I am the host of the Maze Jackson Show on the What's in It for the Black People Media Network, where we have about twelve hours of programming every day uh, focused on the black, uh, the the whole black lifestyle. Uh, you can catch me every day, Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 on 1570 AM uh, on Facebook Live, on YouTube as well. I'm also in my part-time a lobbyist as well. Okay. One other thing uh, that you mentioned in the uh, in the early part of the broadcast, uh, Maze, was uh, the fact that many in the African-American community are not happy with what Joe Biden has done thus far. Uh, in making appointments of uh, some high visibility. Um, tell us more about what your concern is, and uh, does having a vice president of the United States uh, soften any criticism that you might have that the, uh, the people uh, who have been appointed thus far, they're not getting the top jobs, they're getting maybe a middle range of cabinet positions? Yes. So let me say, uh, first of all, I would consider myself what you call a disgruntled Democrat. Uh, I am frustrated at the fact that the Democratic Party has taken uh, the black community and our overwhelming support of them for years uh, for granted. And it is very rarely translates into economic policy. Uh, we saw that Joe Biden was on his deathbed politically uh, and was saved by what happened by the black turnout in <clears throat> South Carolina, and then went on to see the black community come back and sweep him through a primary that then helped him go on to become uh, the president. Uh, in our community right now, there is really a debate. Um, while we, while oftentimes people, uh, white people like to talk about people of color and talk about this being a historic moment, uh, we are still trying to figure out to navigate the the first uh, South Asian woman versus mm -hmm. the first black woman being president, that uh, vice president. That stated, uh, we do not, a lot of people that I see, we saw Ice Cube demand a conversation before the president was elected. And what we saw was that Joe Biden said, wait until after the election. We see the appointments that Joe Biden is now making, and none of those spots seem to be spots of significant <clears throat> uh, budget or staff that black people are being appointed to. Uh, and considering how much we did to get him elected to president, to the victor goes the spoils. And quite frankly, we don't see the return on investment. None of the big spots that he's giving out right now have gone to black people. I think we're holding out for now agriculture or Jay Johnson, Department of Defense. Mm -hmm. 
Brett, I want to get to you uh, in response to that. Uh, Donald Trump did better with uh, minority voters, both black voters and, and uh, Latino voters, than, than anyone in, in recent history. My question to you is, without Donald Trump the man out there, does the Republican Party have an opportunity, and if so, how would they manifest an ongoing involvement trying to continue uh, to expand their Republican base with more minority voters? Is it possible without Trump or, uh, himself? So that, that's a terrific question. Here's, here's the short answer to what is really a very long answer. <clears throat> Let me tell you what we're going to be working on in our organizations over the next couple of years. We are going to be working on taking the ideas, the policy ideas behind the Trump presidency. And we are, if you will, we're going to sort of boil them off so that everything's gone except the bone. And what we're going to try to do is take those policies and make them understandable to people and make them uh, uh, do it in a way that they're able to communicate them and do it in a way that they're able to internalize them instead of memorize them. So that as people, regardless of their color or their education or any other attribute that makes no difference whatsoever, hold on to the principles that Trump's been trying to promote. And then we can get those communicated, whether it's inside of a black community or a suburban woman okay. community or whatever other community. Uh, okay, I before would we, uh, one second, one, take, take, take a breath. Uh, before we go to David, uh, Mays was shaking his head both yes and no as you were speaking, so I want to give him uh, the opportunity to respond first, and then we're going to go to David. So, Mays. you know, I think Brent, uh, in his conversation, sort kind of reflects the problem that the Republican Party has, <clears throat> which is they want to remove the fact... They want to take out color. They want to take out race. They want to take out all of the factors that really make them make their message not resonate in our community. Oftentimes what we find it with the Republican Party, and this is really why they have such a challenge breaking through, is because it usually winds up being a bunch of white men deciding what they believe is best for black people instead of meaningfully engaging and going into the community and saying, and going into a black community and saying, hey, how do we connect with you authentically? Oftentimes what we find is that they there's not a belief that they can really convert black voters. So they make nominal efforts, spend small amounts of money that Mays, they you, work Mays? with. Yes. Mays, Mays, let me ask you this question. Were you uh, pleased with the number of uh, African-American Republicans who won congressional seats? Did that uh, surprise I am you? Pleased th let me say this. I am pleased that there is an alternative um, for and that Democrats can see that if they don't tune up their message, that they have the potential to lose. I hate the fact that all black folks, for the most part, have been pigeonholed to one side of the boat, which leaves us without the ability to negotiate what is in our best interest. So I think that was a good thing that happened. Uh, I look forward to seeing more debate and more discussion. Dave, uh Cohn, go ahead to you. Well, for, for, first of all, let me, let me just add to what Mays just said, that I think the Republican and the Democratic parties have equally been guilty of failing to, I think the word that's been missing in this conversation is acknowledgement. Acknowledgement of what the black experience, what the experience of, if you'll forgive the phrase, 
the community of the people of color in this country has been to deny that history and to try and talk about meaningful policy responses is absolutely absurd. And so we have to move beyond that. There, we, we have to acknowledge the, the, the totality of what has led us to this point in history if we're going to try and make meaningful reform. As far as the Republican Party is concerned, it's gut check time. It's time to decide whether it is truly the party of Lincoln and stands for these pillars of fiscal restraint and sobriety, strong national defense, you know, the rule of law, or whether it's going to be a cult of fealty to Donald Trump. Um, but and, but again, I, the, the, the reason that Donald Trump did so well is Donald Trump did touch a nerve, whether it was criminal justice yeah. reform or other things or just his his bombastic personality. I mean, he he you know, he he comes across like a like a star of some kind. And, and that, also, had started, that said some of the appeal, did it not, uh, Mays? Yes. I mean, Bruce, he was a you got to recognize that Donald Trump. Uh, represents an alpha male and has a long-standing history in the black community, particularly in the hip-hop community. He's been mentioned in music, etc., and he was a source of admiration years and years ago. And so I think he represents, I think quite often in our community, the people that maybe felt that they were called the deplorables on the white side, Donald Trump probably resonated okay. with those people, the, the equivalent on the other so side we- of the black community. Not that be, anybody it, was the it'll be, it, it'll be tough for, for Mike Pence to pull that off. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly from Chicago. You should form your own opinions when you're presented facts without bias. That's what we call news. Every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, news has a new primetime home. News Nation, without all the talk and without an opinion, so you can make yours. It's not how it used to be, it's how it should be. News Nation, seven nights a week on WGN America. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com because it's your news, your nation. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Oh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom! Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Harrison's Reality Check. Now there's an easy way to monitor for coronavirus at home in a moment. Corona Alert. If you think you'll run out of latex gloves or simply can't find any, there's an easy and available fix. Plastic bags like those ones in the produce section of the grocery store. Toss one on and you'll have a thin mitten that can protect you while you're shopping. A rubber band or duct tape around the wrist will hold it nice and snug. I'm Carrie Harrison. Harrison's Reality Check. GoHarrison.com. Fever is a leading symptom of the coronavirus, so take your temperature twice a day with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's quick and easy to use, and its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies. Have your family start and end their day with the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Your family can take their temperatures in seconds to know where they stand in the fight against COVID-19. Protect your family from the spread of this deadly disease and stay safe with Exergen. This is Aaron Maslianski, the host of the brand new show on WCGO, Inside the Skev, on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. This show is all about the people of Skokie and Evanston, a community rich in history, culture, and diversity. Some would say a dream town. 
you're going to get to know all different types of people who are real movers and shakers. This show provides an opportunity to relax and listen to these great stories and really get to know your neighbors. Inside the Skev, Sunday mornings at 10 on Chicago Smart Talk. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Open Road Radio on WCGO Radio, 1590 AM and 95.9 FM. Trans-Siberian Orchestra will bring a holiday performance right into fans' homes with the world premiere of its first-ever live stream event. Christmas Eve and other stories live in concert will take place on Friday, December 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Details and tickets are available at www.trans-siberian.com. The Dave Ramsey Show. Chicago Smart Talk, AM 1590 and FM 95.9, the exclusive home for the Dave Ramsey Show in Chicago. Back. Thanks you very much for joining us this evening, and uh, I want to go back to you. Um, uh, actually, this is for everybody. Do you believe, uh, Mays, that children should be allowed to go back to school if they do not have a vaccination for the, vac- the vaccine? Uh, so, full disclosure, my son is going back to school, and he does not have a vaccine. Um, I think that Yes, I don't believe that kids should be forced. I think until we know fully how this vaccine is going to work and it goes through the full regimen, I'm just nervous about forcing. I I would rather take my chance with the COVID, knowing that my child can recover, than having some vaccine that we don't know what's going to happen to them. Do you you understand why many of the parents who are in those classrooms with your son may not want to send their children back because they 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 want to do at least in their mind the responsible thing is to take the vaccine and uh, they don't they don't want your son to be affected but they don't want to be affected by your son potentially I completely understand I think that right now what we're seeing is that the people there we're the group that is sending their kids back are the people that are saying that they are willing to take the chance and willing to send their kids so I think it's kind of reversed right now how widespread is the anti-vaccination movement within the black community? You know, I, 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 I don't even want to speak too much on that. I know that Minister Farrakhan had connected with some of the Kennedys and talked about the anti-vaccination. I don't think it's an anti-vaccination move. I think it, movement in our community, as much as it is, uh, no one trusts the speed through which this vaccine came about and would like to see somebody else go first and make sure they don't grow a third ear or a third eyeball before we take it. It is not that we're not ever going to take it, but we want to see how it folds and unfolds first. Brent Hemacek, who needs to 
prove to the public, not only the African-American public, but to the broader public, because there are some, uh, you know, non-blacks who have fear of vaccination as well. Uh, my question to you is, uh, all former vice pre- or presidents, with the exception of Jimmy Carter, have said they're going to take it. President Trump has said he's going to take it. Joe Biden has said he's going to take it. Um is it going to take more than just ex-presidents uh, to to send this message? And is that going to be enough to get uh, culturally to the people that need to get it? Look, the, the, the fact that Clinton, Bush, Obama are going to take it, that's actually probably a good reason not to. But the idea that people are concerned about the vaccine, because none of those three are role models, the idea that people are concerned about the vaccine is perfectly valid. Forget politics for a minute on a show that's all about politics. We have never before had a successful vaccine for a coronavirus strain. Now we have one that's developed in a handful of months. Now, whether you're a supporter of Donald Trump's policies like I am or a supporter of Biden's soon-to-be policies like the other two gentlemen, uh, doesn't really matter. There's a very good reason to be skeptical, a healthy bit of skepticism about this vaccine. As By the way, as to whether or not kids should be back in school, they should be back in school now. They never should have left. The fact that with we have the vaccination, kids out of school. With a vaccination, yes. though. I mean, that's going to be the next well, battle, is, is that are, are parents going to send their children back with a vaccination? Or how widespread is this reservation? I mean, Mays has talked about it within the black community, but it probably exists in certain sectors of the white community. And I want to get David Cohn's reaction to that. David, does, first of all, do you give, do you give, the, do you give the administration credit uh, for the speed with which they've been able to pull this, uh, pull this off medically? I don't I don't get well, give the administration. I give the scientific community and the dedicated researchers that have spent countless thousands of hours working on it credit for coming up to where we are now. I also want to agree with with Brent and with Mays. I don't think there's anything wrong with healthy skepticism about the safety or efficacy of something that the government and scientists are saying, go ahead and inject this into your bodies. That's reasonable. What's not reasonable is the sort of anti-science platform that this administration has pursued that I think undergirds some of the skepticism that we've seen. But I I had a question that... David, let me ask you this. What what evidence do you have that they've acted in an anti-science way when when the president has used the bully pulpit to talk about the speed with which he wants the FDA uh, to, to move some of these trials forward, as well as the incentives he has provided to, to some of the companies. What, what, is, it, what is it about the administration, the way, when they've dealt with the scientists, it's the scientists, David, it's the scientists that told us once in the past, don't wear a mask. And then it was, wear a mask. I mean, that was Dr. Burks. I mean, that was Anthony Fauci. I mean, there's there's been confusion at the federal level about what to do. So, look, Bruce, I mean, anyone is anyone is who looks at that, you know, factually can say, wait a minute, who do I believe here? Okay, last we've got ten seconds, if, Dave. Go. If if I could respond, with all due respect, there there is a huge difference between the the efficacy and public policy about wearing or not wearing a mask, and developing a vaccine that is injected into the human body. The protocols regarding the latter 
are so much further along and further understood and more well-developed over decades and decades of human experience than the masking issue. So let's not get confused. On that note, Dave, we have to say farewell to you and to Brent and to uh, Mays. Again, this is an issue we'll be talking about for, I think, quite some time on Beyond the Beltway. Randall Betcher and Connor McKnight helped make this program possible. I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago. is hope. Hope to me was just that he would get to come home. I had no idea how hard it would be once he got back. I wish she'd stop drinking so much. She thinks it's helping, but it's not. I hope she sees that soon. I act like I don't care if he comes to my games, but I hope he does. I used to hope he'd find happiness again. Now I hope our marriage makes it. I hope Grandpa will get help. He thinks it's too late, but it's not. With everything that he's going through, I hope he sees a counselor. I just want my brother back. I hoped he'd get help. Stop hoping things would get better on their own. He told me to stop asking. I didn't. Then one day he asked for a ride. Hope is knowing there are other families just like yours, that the veterans they love got help and recovered. Go to maketheconnection.net and turn hope into action. Matt always knew he wanted to be a doctor. That's why he makes the most of every day. To study before breakfast. To work hard. To do whatever was necessary to achieve his goal. He found an answer in the military. If you have a passion, a vision for your future in any field, todaysmilitary.com can be your path to a fulfilling career. You have a calling. We have an answer. Find your way at todaysmilitary.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that a disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org.